We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Off to a nice start. Why does it have to be all or nothing all the time? Like, what am I doing? I'm doing it for the show. Field of 68 till I die. This is the Field of 68 after dark show the only place that you need to be for college hoops every single night welcome ladies and gentlemen to the saturday evening edition of the field of 68 after dark here on sirius xm channel 84 that is the espnu station we are live on youtube if you're watching over there hit that like button hit that subscribe button jump in the chat ask us some questions we're gonna answer them whenever we get to our breaks my name is rob dosser i'm joined by my partners in crime tonight uh the the melancholy Steve Prome, a little bit upset that his Murray State Racers took a took a tough L today. I can I can understand that, Steve. I, I was I was there on Thursday night, and Stadium Insider Jeff Goodman, who is also a little bit sad today, he's ruining the decision that he had to go watch Arkansas New Mexico State instead of this thrilling Gonzaga and Memphis showdown. We're presented by our partners over at Bet River Sportsbook, and guys, what an unbelievable day of college basketball! Baylor, an unbelievable comeback. Fell just a little bit short in overtime against North Carolina. We had St. Peter's advancing to the Sweet 16, just the third number 15 seed to ever make it to the second weekend. Michigan, 11 seed. They are alive and fighting, but we have to start with the game that all of us just watched. Gonzaga uh, takes down number nine seed Memphis. The final score was, I believe it was 82 to 78. Whatever it was, Memphis covered. Thank you, betting gods. I needed that one. Prome, Drew Timmy came out. Scored 18 points in the first 10 minutes of the second half. He had four points, got pushed around a little bit in the first half. It was not a pretty first half for him. What, what happened there? How did he turn that off? Well, I think, number one, you just go to experience. And I think he proved that he's an All-American tonight. He's been there, played the national championship. Excuse me, played the Final Four, a national championship game, you know, last year. Um, you know, you heard the announcer say at halftime, he's the one gathered his guys up and said, hey, we've been here. We need to get back in. We've got to have a sense of urgency right now. And then in the second half, he was dominating. And uh, and also the guard. The guard played Nemhart Bolton. Uh, you know, were very, very good for Gonzaga as well. But, you know, Timmy was – Timmy's what he's been for them for three years. And terrific go-to guy that around the low block can score in a variety of ways. Yep. And, and Jeff, this was the matchup, right? Like, this was the game where I, I think all of us said it on the Selection Sunday extravaganza that we did not think that or we thought that Memphis was if they could get past Boise, they could give Memphis, uh, they could give Gonzaga a real, real fight here in the second round. And they did. 
Yeah, I, I didn't think they'd give him a fight like this. I, I really didn't. I mean, I know they they played well the second half of the year and turned it on, but you know, it was still the AAC. I, I didn't think it would be close or certainly like this. But again, yeah, I think few went into halftime and said, "Hey guys, all right, listen, enough of this Nemhard shit. Get the ball to Drew Timmy. Get the ball to the guy who can carry us." And I, I you know, I think part of it was certainly foul trouble for Memphis. That, that helped Drew Timmy be able to be more effective uh, in the second half. But I, I think part of it was just, again, Drew Timmy, like he wants this moment, especially after last year, right? I talked to him earlier this season. He said, listen, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not not watching the championship game against Baylor. I want that, that taste to stick in my mouth this year. That's part of the reason he came back. And, you know, again, they weren't going out against Memphis. Yeah, I think the one thing you see that's going on for years, though, man, this second day of the tournament, and when I say second day, the Saturdays and Sundays, you know, Thursdays and Fridays are for the great upsets, but Saturday and Sunday, man, you've got some terrific games, and these 1A games and 1-9 games, year in, year out, especially on those standalone games and 11 o'clock on Saturday and Sunday, the first games, they always deliver, and that 8-9 and nine seed, they push the one seed to the brink most times, and then you see in that last media timeout, that last three, four minutes, those number one seeds finally pull away, and you saw that uh, at the very end of the night with Gonzaga in Memphis. Mm -hmm. I thought also the, the play of Andrew Nemhard tonight really stood out to me. He he made some threes. He kind of settled things kept down in minute. the second half. Yeah, he right. kept a minute. Yeah. Kept a minute for a while. And, and you know, I, I look, Jeff, how, how many times have we said it on this show? Point guard play. Yeah. Point guard play. Uh, Point guard play. That's your answer over right there. Over and over and over. And I think that was the separator at the end of the day, along with Drew Timmy. But Nemhard, the thing that Nemhard does, he doesn't get rattled to. Like, he's not necessarily your normal point. Like, he's got a little bit of Colin Gillespie in him. They just show no emotion. They don't get rattled. And, Steve, you could probably speak to this because you had some really, really good point guards um, coaching. How important is that to have a guy not only that's really good, but a guy in the NCAA tournament that does that's unflappable? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a difference maker. And I mean, you hear it all the time. I mean, you you flip on TV, you hear the announcers when you don't have good point guard play. It's like you just don't have a quarterback in football. I mean, you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle at times. You're going to struggle in big moments. And, you know, the one thing you look at, he shot it great tonight. And that's one thing I know all year long we've kind of talked about is Gonzaga going to shoot it well. Him, Nemhard and Bolton tonight make eight threes. I think they go eight for uh, eight for 16 from three. That's 50% from the two of their backcourt guys, and that's huge. But point guard play, elite point guard play, it's why we keep talking about Villanova, Colin Gillespie, it's why Nemhard, and it's why these teams are advancing. So let me ask both of you guys this question. After watching that game, do you feel better about Gonzaga's chances to win a national title? Do you feel worse about it? Worse. Are you kind of the same? Worse. Worse? No, you got to feel worse. Yeah, I mean, they were, they were taken to the to the brink by a team that we didn't know was going to even be in the NCAA tournament a couple weeks ago. So you can't feel better. I mean, you could say, hey, you know what? They played a close game. That, that'll be good for them down the line. I, I would say no. To me, it, it makes me think that this thing is even more wide open because we had Gonzaga as the favorite. And now you look at them and you're like, really? They're the, if they're the favorite, there's a lot of other damn teams. Memphis just took them to the, to the, the final, you know, minute of play. Why can't some of these other, you know, Arkansas, I just saw Arkansas 
you know, just got done and they played an ugly game against New Mexico State. Uh, but why can't Arkansas, J.D. Note plays better? And, and they didn't play well at all today, but it was it was an ugly, ugly game. And then Arkansas, Jalen Williams can bring those guys away from the rim as well. You know, if they play small, put him at the five. But um, the one thing I Gonzaga showed, they did show grit and they did show toughness and they were pushed to bring. They're down 10 at halftime. Right. I mean, they're down 43 to 33. They said they've got 33 points. This is a team that averages in the 80s, you know, but they got their tempo. Timmy dominated early and they got the tempo and the pace of the game going the way they want to. But I thought Memphis would play well just because obviously they're riding a great wave right now, but they've got athleticism, they've got length, and they've had great talent all year. They just had to get it, you know, they just had to find the recipe, and Penny did that the second half of the year, so kudos to him. Yeah, that's that's my thing with it, right? Like, this is, to me, this Memphis team is the one that was built to be able to take down the Zags. You have a, a stud in Jalen Duran that can kind of, match up with Timmy's physicality and can kind of get into and is going to be just as long and as athletic as Chet Holmgren. I thought that uh, that, that Malcolm Dangerous coming off the bench was really yeah, effective. No you look at De- DeAndre Williams lets you match up different ways with some of those front court guys. Uh, you have a bunch of, of dudes on the perimeter that are not going to be overwhelmed or intimidated by stepping on that floor. Like those, those guys say what you will about them. Those guys are always going to be ready for that moment. That's why that they're, they're at that program. So um, I just... I, to me, it was a good sign, right? They got punched in the mouth. They figured out what they needed to do to win. They gave the ball to their All-American National Player of the Year candidate. According to Sean Miller, the best player in college basketball. And, guys, I'll tell you this much. If they shoot uh, a normal percentage from the free throw line, then we're not even having a conversation about this being a close game because I'm all pissed off because Gonzaga uh, ends up covering the 10.5 points there. So um, I, I thought it was overall a, a pretty good thing uh, for him. Anything you want to wrap up anything on, on, uh, on Memphis, Jeff, I, I think all things considered uh, you have to give Penny some credit for the year that he had, right? hundred percent. Listen again, whatever it was, the AAC uh, Deandre Williams coming back, whatever it was, they flipped it. And now, you know, again, it could have been an absolute nightmare because if they don't make the NCAA tournament this year, people are calling for Penny Hardaway to be fired. They Simply, they are. And instead, you know, you get in the tournament, you win a game, and then you you almost beat the number one team in the country. Yeah, now, I mean, the only thing that might get hurt by this, and it's funny, I mean, he played Amani today, and I was shocked. I was shocked. He played him. Like, last game, played him, but he played him three minutes. Today, he was kind of in there. And after being out so long, you know, you're trying to think to yourself, well, is he playing him to make sure he's going to get that next guy? Or is he playing him because he actually thinks he can help him right now? Obviously, he's got to have been decent in practice. But, you know, I I think, yeah, I think, listen, you want to, if anything, you want to start slow and have low expectations and then come on the second half. Look at Xavier, right? They did the exact opposite. And Travis feels out of a job right now. Yeah, I I agree with that, Prone. You know, Memphis had, you know, has a lot to be proud of. I think, you know, they were at a, they were at a turning point, you know, you, the, the roads yeah. diverging and they all, they all rallied around. I thought the upperclassmen played well, but they had a really good team. And I mean, Quinones and Ali, you know, and Duran, I mean, you go down like Williams, those guys were terrific and they played really well the second half of the year. And the only thing I kept thinking about is if Memphis is going to make the sweet 16, is there no better opponent for Penny to go against in the sweet 16 
than Arkansas. It was like, it was, <laughs> yeah. it was all set up because if you know, going back Memphis, Arkansas, yeah. that was a big deal. And Arkansas that was when Doster, Doster was in diapers back then. Can, can I, can I play, can I play devil's advocate, bro? Arkansas the better, had a the great- better, the, the better matchup there in the second round would have been if we could have gotten Penny and Memphis going up against Cal and Kentucky. But, you know, Cal, Cal had to go ahead and go go lose in the first round. Uh, Goodman, we have we do have about a minute here left before we yeah. get, to, get to break. You just saw Arkansas in person. Uh, tell what did you think of them? And um, can we change Teddy Bucket's nickname to Teddy? Teddy bricked it. Oh, no. Come on. I mean, listen, I'll, I'll, I'll give them a lot of credit. Uh uh, Tony did an unbelievable job defensively. And, and I think it's the easiest way to beat New Mexico State. This wasn't like some great win for Arkansas, but they gutted it out. They did a good job because they, they tried to make the other guys beat them. And really, they don't have enough. You know, Chris Jans doesn't have another dude who can just make plays off the bounce. So Teddy Allen struggled. Uh, J.D. Note struggled. Everybody struggled. Nobody could make a damn shot. Uh, but Arkansas, listen, half the deal is Brad Underwood yesterday told me, you know, again, just survive in advance. And and he said, we stole mm-hmm. one. He's like both he and, and Kofi both told me yesterday, like we absolutely stole one, but nobody's going to remember this down the road if they keep advancing. Yeah. Prom, how about this matchup with Gonzaga? Does Arkansas have a chance? How do you, what do they have to do to be able to win that game? Yeah, I think so. I just think Musselman, the way he, you know, he motivates those guys yeah. and coaches those guys. I think they can, they, they believe they can beat anybody. And I just believe with Note, Jalen Williams, and the host of other guys that they have, you know, and Musselman coaching them. I think they've, they've got a chance. I think they believe that they can beat them. Uh, but I think Gonzaga, you look at their road, they still got a long way to go. I mean, Arkansas, and then I just look at the bottom of the bracket, you still got Texas Tech, Notre Dame's playing well. Obviously, Duke's talented, and, and I, you know, Michigan State, Duke's going to be a hell of a game tomorrow. Hey, the committee did not do them any favors, guys. The committee did not do them yeah. any favors. They they get Memphis in the second round, then Arkansas, who, for my money, is a top 10 team in America yeah, in, in the Sweet hot. 16. And then they're probably going to end up with Texas Tech, who can punk you, or Duke, who beat them in the Elite Eight. At least they're going to get a bad team in the Final Four because all the good teams are out of the East region. We're yeah. actually, speaking of the East region, it's we, we called it, Jeff. We told you, we told everybody it was going to be the region of insanity. We just did not understand how insane it was going to get. We're going to get into that next, even if it does break uh, Coach Prohm's heart just a little bit. Here, click. All right, Dagan, I know that chat's jumping, man. What do we got? Yeah, it is. Yeah, we got some people looking ahead to tomorrow's games. Um, Can TCU give Arizona a run for their money and possibly win tomorrow? Prohm. Man, I, I, you know, obviously Jamie's terrific and uh, TCU's playing very confident. They dominated the Seton Hall, so you got to have a lot of confidence, but I just can't see Arizona getting beat tomorrow. I just think they've got too much firepower uh, for TCU. I don't trust Kerr's ankle. Yeah, well, you shouldn't. I mean, he did. now again, listen, they, they made this smart move there. At least Arizona, Kerr wanted to play, but you can't play him in that first game. One minute. At least you gave, gave him a couple extra days off. We'll see if he's able to go or not. Uh, I didn't see Bob Huggins on the uh, the little Turner set tonight. My, my, my favorite thing for the people looking at the 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 set right now on TBS is that yeah. everyone else is there sitting with their professional posture, right, with their back straight, sitting the way that you're supposed to be sitting. And Hugs is just like leaning over, like he's sitting at a bar table right it's now. <laughs> yeah, I love. He's it. probably got a drink. He's got a beer underneath. I bet. Who doesn't have a beer underneath seconds. right now? 
Me, me. <laughs> yeah, you need one. You so, know what? You know what? Here's the problem, bro. They're, the entire reason we're doing this after dark show is because of how much fun we had doing this after the games in Indy last year. And every game, Goodman had cold pizza. He had a beer uh, ready to go. And knowing the reason why we decided to do this show, every time he's come on in the hotel room like, after a tournament game, he's been sitting here like, I fucked up, guys. I don't have anything. Well, he don't so, have the same hotel I, he had that one time, man, where he had the pool go. table. I know. It is the Field of 68 After Dark. We're back on Sirius XM Channel 84. That is the ESPNU station. We're live over on YouTube. If you're watching there, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. If we get to 200 likes on this show, uh, we are going to be giving away two tickets to the Sweet 16 in Philadelphia. You, you're going to be able to sit in a suite. It's all you can eat and all you can drink. Uh, that's why they won't allow Goodman to go. He gets a little bit rowdy when he has a little bit too much to drink. I'm Rob Dosser. I have Steve Prohm here. I have Jeff Goodman here. And Steve, I'm not going to make you talk about this one first because I know you're a racer at heart. I don't want to make you talk about Murray State losing last night. You know, on Thursday night, they made me talk about UConn getting upset by New Mexico State, ripping out my heart. Uh, so, Goodman, St. Peter's, they're in the Sweet 16. We talked yeah. about this on Thursday night. Shaheen Holloway makes less than the fourth highest paid assistant coach on the Kentucky staff. Uh, St. Peter's budget is one tenth of that of Kentucky. I, I remember you did this for stadium a couple years ago. You rated the jobs in the Mac. St. Perry's was the worst job. The St. Perry's St. Peter's was the Saint worst Perry's. job. St. Perry's St. Peter's. It's been a long week, man. I don't think you understand the grind that the, uh, the commitment uh, it takes. The grind. Week. The grind. You're I, working so hard. Out of 39 hours, I spent 33 of them sitting in a casino, okay? You, you, you don't understand the toll that, that takes on your Sounds sandwich. brutal, right, Prom? Sounds brutal. <laughs> uh, anyway, so St. Peter's Prom is- had a coach. This time of year, Steve Prom had to stay up till 4 in the morning yeah. to prepare to prepare for, for teams in the tournament. Stop your wine and duster and, yeah. and, and, and let's move on. I, am I here? I'm not the one that's trying to get out of the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right so so goodman let's talk about st peter's yeah. talk about the job that shaheen holloway has done he's made it to the second weekend like this is it's unbelievable right it is because we just kind of plugged in rick patino in this spot right we just we automatically had iona winning the mac and we'd see rick patino in the tournament again because he did it in year one and he's arguably the best college basketball coach maybe in the country and Shaheen Holloway has kind of come out of nowhere here. Uh, um, you know, obviously we remember him playing at Seton Hall. Some of us do. And um, being a great, great high school prep school player uh, coming out of Jersey in, in the New York area. But, you know, this was something that nobody saw coming. And, and again, two years in a row to have a 15 seed go to the Sweet 16 last year. It was more player oriented, I thought. With, with, with Max Hazemus and, and Kevin O'Banner. This year, mm-hmm. I think it's more about Shaheen than anything else, especially because we expect Kevin Willard to go to Maryland here in the next day or so. That well, will well, open well, up. So, yeah, yeah. Save, save that. we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. I, I want to I finish talking about the game because I do yeah. want to give credit to Shaheen. Like, there, there's two things I love about this team. One, there, there was a quote that he gave in his press conference a- afterwards that I love and I want to read on here. He said, I've got guys from New Jersey and New York City. You think we're scared of anything? You think we're worried about guys trying to muscle us and tough us out? We do that. That's who we are. So first and foremost, I love that mentality in a coach. Uh, And second, 
not only is he able to instill that confidence, not only does he have his players playing with their nuts hanging out, nuts hanging dangin', uh, but he 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 runs just incredible offense and incredible schemes. And, and if you go back and you watch the stuff that he puts together and the plays that he runs and the ways that he's able to occupy a big man or be able to pull, uh, he did it against Kentucky, get Oscar Sheway out on the floor, make him garden space. It's just, it's very, very smart X's and O's basketball. And I, I look, I didn't know anything about him before the Mac title game. I couldn't have told you. I had no idea who was even coaching St. Peter's. I'm not going to lie. And now I'm watching him and I'm like, yeah, I really do think this guy's going to be a star. I think that he's going to. And you know what? Kevin Willard, Kevin Willard has been telling me this. Other coaches in the Mac have been telling me this for the last year. So this, again, it surprises me because I just expected Patino to be there. It doesn't surprise me the fact that, again, when when he got there, that he was able to kind of, you know, win a game. I mean, win two like this. I mean, again, Murray State's no joke here. Steve knows this. I mean, that's a good that is a good basketball Murray team. State team, right? The best, the best team in Kentucky, right, Steve? Yeah, this year it's right. been it's been. You could say it a couple of years it's been there, but you know, hats off to St. Peter's. Uh, hell of a game. I mean that that I think the one thing the tournament brings out so many great moments. But if you don't find, realize how good basketball is across the country, you know, and just not at the high major power five level, I mean, those teams were good. I'm watching St. Peter's. I'd never seen them play before, but I watched San Francisco last night for the first time two nights ago. I watched St. Peter's legit, like where I'm watching the game, pulling for Murray. Those are good basketball teams, really, really good. And St. Peter's, they were the tougher team. I mean, they were just and, – and Murray's tough. I mean, Mur- that's what that program has been known. They've had to chip on their shoulder for years. I mean, you look at the last decade there. I mean, you know, pros and ranked teams and tournament wins. I mean, it's been an unreal. It's been a fairy tale. Uh, but I hated it for Matt, obviously, because, you know, he's former assistant of mine and yeah. a guy I consider a close friend and family. Uh, and Murray's stuff, like, if you know that community, they're, like, just begging, like, we got, like, Everybody's watching. I mean, Billy Kennedy was probably watching tonight and yeah. Mark Godfrey and, and Cronin's probably checked the score out. Like everybody is just, it's, it's a tight, tight deal. And, but hats off to Shaheen. What a, what an amazing job. And his kids, the, the toughness and resiliency they show, right. they deserve it. Yeah. problem. let me ask you this real quick before we get into the, the stuff about coaching changes. So uh, what does the, they're going to get either Texas or Purdue in the sweet 16. That'll be in the, uh, the East region in Philadelphia, where we're going to be giving away two tickets here in just a little bit. But what does, uh, what does Shaheen have to do to be able to keep this thing going? We've seen Florida Gulf coast get to the sweet 16 and, and putter out. I believe they lost to, uh, to Florida and Patrick young in 2013. Then last year, Oral Roberts played, it was Arkansas in the sweet 16 and they ended up losing that game. It was close, but they ended up losing. So what does St. Peter's have to do? How do you, how do you navigate that week where you all of a sudden are going to be the biggest story in sports? Yeah, I think just a little bit. And I, you know, I've watched Shaheen as a player and I saw him coaching tonight. I mean, he's on those guys. I mean, he's yeah. the point guards bring the ball off the floor. He's 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 in his yeah. ear coaching him up the sideline. Like so um, I think Shaheen will have him ready. I don't think he'll he'll let the noise, you know, get to those guys. I think he'll co- coach them hard this week and have them ready. Obviously, if you look at matchups, they probably would want Texas to win just because of the physical size up front with Williams and Edie. You know, you, you if you were, you know, just kind of trying to play it out that way. But whoever they play. 
defensively, St. Peter's numbers, and when I talked to Matt yesterday, that was the one thing, his first thing he said, St. Peter's numbers are off the charts defensively. It's like ninth in the country defensive field goal percentage, top 20 three-point defensive field goal percentage, and top uh, 50 or top 25 points per game. And so if you defend and compete like they're going to, I think both of those games on a neutral floor, you know, they're going to have an opportunity to win. Those kids believe they got a swagger. Ebert, you know, I mean, the shots he made when, when Murray and St. Peter's going back and forth, Tevin, you know, and, and Juice Hill and, and Ebert, it was a big time seven point run by Ebert was the difference in the game. Hey, Dagan, let me ask you a question. What did Ebert do? Hold on here. He let his nuts hang. <laughs> <laughs> nuts hanging Dagan. um all right jeff i i want to i want to get into this with you uh i i mentioned it to steve a little bit earlier off air uh but kevin willard came out in a press conference and basically told the world that he was going to maryland right it was it was one of it was not a very well kept secret uh in coaching circles but um after the game he kind of said if i'm not going to be here next year blah 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 this that and third not all that unsurprising we saw the news break that todd golden had accepted the florida job while he was on the flight with his team back from playing in an NCAA tournament game. That's the business. This is just the way that it works. Um, the one problem that I had, and I want both of you guys' reaction on this, is when uh, is when he basically threw Shaheen Holloway's name into it when they're still they still have a season going. He was like, the guy that I want to replace me is Shaheen Holloway, who 16 hours later has to go and play a game against yeah. Murray State, who we just talked about, top 25 team in America. That was the only issue that I had with it. Did you have any problem with it? Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. If you want to um, be honest, and, and I think that's the one thing with Kevin Willard is he's trying to be honest here and not bullshit people. And I give mm -hmm. a lot of credit for that on one hand of, of basically saying, hey, guys, I'm not going to lie to you and say like, now, what I probably would have done if I was him was just said, hey, listen, we just finished our season. Okay, we just lost. We got pounded. I don't, I'm, I'm not talking about this now. I'll talk to you guys about it in a day or so but let me cool off let my team cool off and then you're done with it then you're done you're not lying but you're just saying like that question is not appropriate for right now and yeah Adam Zagoria might follow up and try to ask another one because he has no feel but most people you know actually have feel <laughs> enough to not ask another question like that you didn't like that? You didn't like that? I, Come just, on. I love Zags. I love Zags. So I knew, I'm kidding. I just, I'm kidding. I, I knew, I knew, I knew it was, I knew it was coming. I just, I, I knew, I, I didn't know who you were going to make fun of when you were saying that, but it was going to be someone from that crew of uh, New York and New Jersey beat writers. Shout out to Zags. Shout out to Zach Braziller. Pro, how, how would you, you're a coach, man. How do, how do you feel about, uh, about that? Well, I think that the, the thing we, you know, you laugh about is you, you want to be in the mix and, 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 and have the opportunity to have these jobs and great jobs, but going through it is very tough. I mean, you, you finish a game and people are coming right at you, asking questions. you got decisions to make with family, how it's going to impact people from that standpoint. And <laughs> you, you hear it, that prom basically said, I hate the media, <laughs> you know, no, but it, it, it is, it's, 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 it's great, but there's also a lot to deal with. Yeah. And I've heard a lot of coaches say that and, and, and being through it, that's just the truth. Now, like Jeff said, you know, Kevin was honest. He was honest. But I think in that situation and, and credit him for being honest uh, and, and number two, credit him for saying, hey, let me let's help Shaheen right here, because obviously he's a was a former assistant, number one. But number two, he's one of Shaheen. I mean, excuse me, Seton Hall's 
top players, you know, um, but, you know, hey, give me a day or two. Let me go back, reflect, and uh, I'll meet with you guys in a couple of days. But yeah, and, and to be clear, I don't think that that Willard was doing anything malicious there. I think that it's just no, uh, I mean, no, you, not at you, all. If you no. know him, that he, it's kind of there. Sometimes it's a it's a little bit of word vomit. I just yeah. think that it was. Uh, it, it was the wrong time and the wrong place to put Shaheen Holloway's name into the mix there. Like we, yeah. uh, I mean, I mean, Jeff, you can attest to this. It's, it's not a, it's not, a, it's not a secret, right? But when he came out and he said something, he made it a story. Well, it's not a story. secret. Listen, it's not a secret within the industry. Exactly. But a lot of people really don't know what's going on that aren't true exactly. diehard college basketball fans. Which, which, which put- is why I'm, which is why I'm saying he took it from, he made yeah. it. That's he fair. made it a story, made it a storyline. That's that's the only thing. And I again, I don't think he was trying to do anything mean. All right, we yeah, got to talk about thing. this Baylor North Carolina game, guys. We got to get there. Oh, we got about oh. we got about five minutes until the break. So um, <laughs> this was insane. No, this I don't was even the know where to game. start. I, I I was watching this game while I was eating some buffalo wings here in Buffalo at a bar, and I was just like, "This is the this is one of the greatest games I've ever seen." Now, one of the worst officiated games I've ever seen. Uh, how you how you throw Brady Manic out for that play is unconscionable. I, I don't understand it at all. I think it's one of the worst calls ever that they they throw him out of that game and it completely changes the whole complexion of that game. And and again, Baylor give him a ton of credit because Scott Drew's down two guys. Adam Flagler's hurting coming in. Then he looked like he got concussed at the end of the game. Uh, they come all the way back from twenty five down. And we think Carolina's done when it goes to overtime. We really do. Oh, like, oh, I was right? like, I was like, this they're, they're shot. They're shot. Yeah, who would have bet? Who would have bet on Carolina going into Nobody. overtime? Nobody, because they're the, they're the team we thought was mentally weak, and yeah. Baylor's the team that we think is all about culture and toughness right now. But I give Carolina Hubert Davis and their players a ton of credit. Caleb Love fouled out. Manic's gone. Man, RJ Davis just makes big time plays, oh, doesn't he? He was he was so yes. good. He was yes. I, I hope I hope he comes back again next year because I think he's one of those guys like RJ Davis, Trey Alexander, they've built enough of a name for themselves in March yeah. where they could be like they, they I, I'm talking like potentially the face of the sport if he right. if he comes back and has that kind of a season. Um yeah. I, I want to hey, ask I don't know, Chad. Let me let me just say one quick point to North yeah. Carolina because this is if you played against Baylor and this is Chacha, I don't understand Chacha was out. And I understand Baylor's beat up. But the way people have talked about North Carolina this year, the one stat resonates for me, okay? They're 9 for 18 from 3, 50%. When you out-rebound Baylor by almost 10 rebounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not, you're not on, weak. Man. You're tough. I you're mean, tough. you got, you got yeah. some SHIT to yeah. you. Yeah. And I think Carolina <laughs> showed that. You know, they showed that Steve and, can't say the word. He can't swear yeah. out here. He can't That's do it. Not, it's got to I'm not a big swear, but, you know, <laughs> but he, he's Steve, not going to come out here and talk about how Dagan is letting his nuts Steve, hang out here. Right. Steve, <laughs> Steve, how many times on average, on average through in a season, how many times would you use a profanity about man, a minimum amount, not many, 10, not many. 10, not nah, probably in 20, Fifth. Probably, 50, yeah, 100, yeah, not 100, yeah. 200, not 100, not 100, <laughs> not 100. All right, let, let me ask you this. How many times? That, you, that's the how many, thing how, about Carolina, man. Yeah. They got some, they, yeah. they, they, they proved everybody wrong. Yeah. yeah. No, they did. They did. But, they did. But, and they have for the last week. They have for the last week. Like, that's the thing about them. They've, they've, they've turned a corner a little bit. And I know that they got smacked by, uh, by, by Virginia Tech in the quarterfinals, of the ACC tournament. 
but the the way that they've been able to um, find a way to consistently fight, like uh, to me, guys, the biggest thing with them is you could punch them in the, t- in the mouth and they would fold. And they did not fold today. And and you know who they had on the floor? They had like three guys on the floor that I I'd never heard of, like Puff Johnson. How many times has Puff Johnson played? They had some guy named like Styles. Yeah, Dontrell Styles. Know? Yeah. Did you know he was yeah, a thing? Yeah, yeah. Don't Bro, did you know that? Yeah. Did you know that that guy was the thing? I had no, no idea. I mean, that guy yeah, was when you fan. talk them, you've you've got your four or five guys you're talking about with Carolina. But I tell you what helps this team. And when you criticize coaches, you got to give them their praise too. I think Hubert Davis's demeanor. Oh yeah, his demeanor is yeah, a yeah. big reason why North Carolina is in the Sweet Sixteen. Not too high, not too yeah. low. He's been yeah. through it. And the yeah. thing that resonates with me too is like if you go back. When's the last time Carolina in the 8-9 game had made it to the Sweet 16? When Hubert Davis and Rick Fox were playing and they beat Oklahoma. Is you that know? right? I yeah. didn't know that. And really. so, like, I'm really happy for him. I've just – I've heard Hubert speak at an FCA. Yeah. Uh, he's the real deal. And it is hard in the position he stepped into. You were replacing an icon at one of the best two, three jobs in the country – and he's got Carolina back where they're supposed to be. Yep. Yeah. Preach, man. I, I th- hey, exactly right. Want, Steve, would you want Roy Williams is always around and, yep. and he was like sitting right behind the bench, I think, again tonight. He's been in a lot of games. Like, would you want that if you're Hubert Davis? I'd almost be like, can you sit upstairs so I don't have to turn <laughs> around and see you? Go, go to the suite. Right. I, yeah. I think it's a little, it's, you know, I, um, when I first made NCAA term, I invited Billy Kennedy because I knew what he meant to me to yeah. come to the game. Yep. But I understand when it's there all the time, it's kind of like, you yeah, know, little but more. I think Roy, knowing Roy, I don't really know Roy, but just knowing his yeah. appreciation and love for North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. He's just there, man. I know. Caleb as a fan. Yeah. yeah he's just there fan. as a fan supporting. Yeah. Um, and but what a job at Hubert and his group. And Brady oh. Manick, I, I know him from playing from Oklahoma. The skill level and ability to shoot is off the charts. Uh, Baycott, I mean, and just the way you saw those locker room scenes with Hubert and Baycott and those guys, Carolina, man, they, they that UCLA game is going to be really, really interesting. I think UCLA is coming in with a lot of momentum. This is probably two of the hotter teams yes. playing right now in college basketball. Yeah, real quick, let me let me ask you guys this. Uh, it, this is the I think the first time since uh, there's been one time I think it was 2015 Duke that the last time that a national champion had made it to the Sweet 16 the year after they won the title. Uh, what do you put a ball on this this Baylor season, Goodman? Oh my God! Like Scott Drew, like ridiculous. Not not I mean ridiculous again. Just the fact that they were number one in the country for more than a month this year after losing four starters from a national title team in Baylor at wake in Waco. Like if we had ever said that 10 years ago, Steve, what what, what would we have said? Seriously? Like no way. Like April fools, no chance. Yep. And you got to remember with the injuries, right? You, you had Kenjo had one Flagler had one uh, Chamba Chachua hurt his knee. Uh, Crier, Crier, Flat, uh, Crier, Crier missed for basically the last six weeks of the season, and no one talks about it. Langston Love tore his ACL before the season started, and he yeah. didn't even and, play. And and this game tonight was a was really like a you know a synopsis of their whole season. You know, nothing's going right, nothing's going right, but they kept coming, they kept coming, they kept. They're down twenty five. 
I know. Mm-hmm. They came all the way back. 25. All the way back. Insane. And they come back. Yes. But in overtime, man, those first couple quest- possessions are crucial. Carolina got up four right away, 84-80. I think that was, was it. Was it Styles? I think it was Styles that hit that first big three. That that really – it looked like it settled everything down because they gave him a three-point lead. And it was like, okay, look, we got this. But, listen, they weren't the only team. North Carolina was not the only team that came in here with a former NBA player as a head coach who had a much maligned start to the season, who did not play all that well throughout their regular season play that is now stepping into the Sweet 16. Coming up next, we're talking Michigan Wolverines basketball. You're good. All right, Dagan, what do we got in the chat? Anything good? Yeah, um, we have one here. Um, is there any any chance at all St. Peter's can make it to the Final Four? <laughs> I don't see it. I don't see um, it, but, I mean, again, like, I look, just... Look at, look at their bracket, though. Look at their... Like, if they... Let's say Texas... The right Purdue. draw, it, it, could, it could be. They, could be they, are in the, they are in the region that they need to be to have a chance to do it because the three seed could lose tomorrow. The one seed is already lost, and is anybody really – Jaime Hawkins sprained his ankle today. Is anyone sitting here saying UCLA is an unbeatable juggernaut? No. North Carolina is an unbeatable juggernaut. They could beat I, Texas. Who I mean, thought they were going to beat Kentucky? No one thought they were going to beat Kentucky. Not, I bet Shaheen Holloway if – you, if you ask Shaheen Holloway in a moment of honesty, do you think that he was like, yeah, I didn't think we could actually beat No, him. we'll hit him in the, in the summer with a few drinks in him. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll ask him. You know what's amazing about this? They're in the Sweet 16, and you just look at how the NCAA tournament works. They were down eight with three minutes to go. <laughs> yep, yep. And they're in a the Sweet 16. 30. Well, I wonder, That's too, if you looked at their conference tournament. I wonder if you looked at each game of their conference tournament. Were they down in, in, in one of those early games? Yeah. I tell you what, man, they're they're just good though, man. I yeah. mean, you walk, I mean, they're good, man. Yeah, they, they are, are good. No, he, he he's a guy. It's so funny, you know. Rick Pitino pumped him for UMass three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go. good luck, good luck, UMass. Welcome back to the field of sixty-eight after dark. Rob Dosser here. I got Steve Prome. I got Jeff Goodman. We're on Sirius XM, channel 84. That is the ESPNU station. We are live on YouTube. If you're watching there, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Jump in the chat. Ask us questions. We will answer them when we go to breaks, and we will answer them on the afters. Uh, There were a lot of people that did not think that Michigan deserved to get into the NCAA tournament this year. Then, before the start of the first game, they lose their point guard to a concussion and get down by 12 points to Nico Medved and Colorado State. They come back and win that game. Uh, Devontae Jones shows up for the second game, but he injures his wrist, gets hit in the head again, and he lasts about five minutes of, uh, of, of time played uh, in the second round game of the NCAA tournament. And Michigan still finds a way to come from behind and beat Tennessee, who was, Jeff, as hot as anybody in the country it coming was. into this tournament. So what is your... Uh, how how good has this job been by by Jawan Howard? How impressive has it been to see Hunter Dickinson find a way to get this done? What's your what's your overall takeaway right now on on Michigan basketball? Yeah, I think sometimes, and Steve can weigh in on this, but I think sometimes when you come into uh, a tournament like this with not a lot of pressure, it's a lot different, right? Like like Gonzaga, we saw them tonight. They have all the pressure on the world on their shoulders. Michigan has no pressure. There's nothing on them. They weren't supposed to even really be here three weeks ago. So they're playing with house money. They're playing loose. Hunter's been awesome. 
Now you've got the other veterans stepping up a little bit. Uh, Eli Brooks had a really good game today. And, and, and again, I mean, I, I think this is something that Juwan Howard even staying away from his team. Maybe it kind of gave him a little bit of a different perspective coming back. Yeah, I, I think the one thing I go back to with this is Michigan was really struggling earlier in the year. And obviously they came in a season with great expectations, top five, top 10 rankings. And those preseason, preseason polls are so hard to do. Yeah. But there was – Jawan was, was interviewed, and I don't have the exact quote, but he said, hey, these are my guys. I'm going to hang in there here. I'm going to hang in this thing with my guys, and we're going to try to figure this thing out. Where you see so many times coaches may just put it on this person, put it on this person, put it on this person. He owned it. He accepted it. He said, man, this is my group. I love these kids. We're going to coach them hard. And they figured out a way, man, to get better. And um, I was really impressed. Obviously, Hunter was great today. Eli Brooks has been great. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was awesome. I mean, I mean, Tennessee shot 11% from the three-point line. I hate it for Rick Barnes in Tennessee because, man, they had a hell of a year. And Rick Barnes is a hell of a guy and a hell of a coach. But – Man, I, I think the, this Michigan win, there's so many great moments again. Like, and I hate to get like on a storytelling, but like, I mean, the, the, the embrace with Jawan and Kennedy Chandler. Yep. I was going to hit on that. Yeah. God, man, that yeah. was powerful, man. Sure was. Because, and I'm watching it with my son and he's asking me, and he's seven, he loves basketball, <laughs> but he's asking me why he's doing, like, why is he doing that to the other team? And I'm trying to explain man. to him, man, Jawan's been through it. Like, he's been an elite player. He's been an elite coach. He's lost tough moment games. And who better to be there for Kennedy right there in that moment? And then after five minutes later, your college boys are there. Chris and Ray. <laughs> like, I mean, we still got a group text of my Bama guys, like managers and players, and, and we live and, live and die with the games and, 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 and what each other are doing, man. That was the coolest two moments I've seen in a long time. I thought that was just big time. And kudos to Juwan and the way he's got these guys going. Yeah, and, and it's it's nice to see him celebrating, too, because I do think that after what happened with Greg Gard, it, it did feel like he would kind of uh, punish himself a little bit for that. Watching the press conference and reading the statement that he put out and seeing the, the answers that he gave before the Big Ten tournament. So um, good for him. I'm glad he's enjoying that moment. Uh, Michigan is going to advance to play the winner of Villanova and Ohio State. I think that Villanova is going to end up coming out of that region. But uh, how how much fun would that be if we ended up getting Michigan and Ohio State in the Sweet 16 in San Antonio? That'd be pretty yeah, wild. It, it would be. I don't think. Although, I mean, again, Ohio State, they got two pros. I mean, they got two pros. And, when, and when, when Kyle Young is playing defense and with Zay Keys yeah. out there. Yeah, you know, they're a different team with a healthy Kyle Young. I talked to him yesterday about it. You know, he said he feels pretty good, as good as he has in a while. So, yeah, I mean, they, they got a chance. They certainly have a chance. If Villanova misses threes, I'm still not going against Nova uh, this early in the tournament. I'm not stupid. All right, so Tennessee lost in the second round. Kentucky lost in the first round. LSU lost in the first round. Uh, there was another SEC team that I'm blanking on that lost in the first round. Alabama. And we have – Alabama lost in the first round. That one's, How that can one's, you forget? 
How that can you kind forget of, about Steve's Alabama team? <laughs> I blank because I was I was going to ask you if the SEC has been a disappointment, but it's hard to call Alabama a disappointment when their starting point guard tears his ACL three minutes into the game. Well, I, actually, I don't want to say tears it. Blue, yeah, injured right. his knee. Injured his right. knee. I we should know what it is. Right. Yeah, I should yeah. I should not say that. Um, it is, I mean, listen, it's been a disappointment because we all pumped it up. Right. And, and I think we knew LSU wasn't great. Right. We, they were playing kind of over their head earlier in the season, yeah, like six seed. You're right. Like, oh. right. Yeah. They, they probably were probably more of a, of a nine, 10 seed from what we looked at, but you know, nobody saw Kentucky losing this early, you know, Alabama <laughs> and Tennessee. I think Kentucky went to the national title guys. That, I am going to the title game. I mean, think most people did. I mean, again, they fit like this was a it, it, it's crazy to me. Somebody sent me a graphic today. I'm going to try to find this right now. While I'm on with you. This is an unbelievable graphic of the last seven years of Calipari compared to Tubby Smith. Ready for this? Tubby had more wins his last seven years compared to Calipari's last seven years. Now, Tubby had a better winning percentage overall. He had 13 tournament wins. Cal had nine. They both had two elite eights, and uh, Cal missed one tournament. Tubby missed none, and Tubby was run out of town. Now, these idiot Kentucky fans out there, some of them are ready to run Calipari out of town. They were kind of ready to do it last year, and I remember I had to write a column on it. Like, like how dumb are you? Be careful what you <laughs> wish for, because you could have Bully Clyde Gillespie. You know, you could have Bully Clyde. Um, you know, but but again. I get it. I get it. Like this year was probably harder in a way because again, it built up their expectations last year. It was like, all right, let's just end the season. It's a COVID well, season. No, no one expected anything out of this group. This was the, the kind of the, the free shot, right? Where everyone was like, Oh wow. You know what? We're actually good. I thought we were going to suck. We lost to Notre Dame. I thought we were going to yeah. suck and they ended up being good. So I understand that it hurts. Uh, I want to ask you real quick, Jeff, are you ready to officially write out, a formal apology to Remy Martin for all of the bad things that you've said about him throughout the entire season. He, he was great today. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I love his role now. I love his role coming off the bench and just Bill Self just saying like, go man. And again, listen, part of the problem was Bill was trying to like reprogram him early in the season and then he got hurt. So it was like, it kind of it, it pushed everything back of, of where Remy Martin we thought he would be. And Bill is, as Steve knows, a master motivator. Not good, elite-level motivator, because what Bill Self can do that few can do out there, I probably put him in a class of Tom Izzo, he can MF guys and then put his arm around him after and be fine with it, right? He can go at dudes, and, and again, they still know what he thinks of them. And it's tough love. It's like Jim Calhoun used to be. But even better, I think, in terms of being able to connect with players. So um, I, I think he's got Remy Martin back now, you know, and, and they won a game where Ochai wasn't great um, and they gave up a, a good amount of points. Their defense wasn't great. Here's the thing about Remy, and I'm curious your take on this, bro. Um, I think that he's the one guy that can kind of break down a set defense, right? Everybody else, but most of what, Bill's going to do with this team is they're going to scheme stuff open, right? They're going to find a way to get Oshai an open jump shot, find a way to get uh, McCormick a, a, a duck in or a seal, try to get him a post touch. For, you know, the, a lot of it is, is scheme stuff. And when you go up against good defenses, they can kind of take some of that away. Remy Martin is a guy where you just give him the rock and say, hey, man, look, you got to go make something happen out here. And they don't have yeah. anyone else that can do that. 
Yeah, and I, I think that's the one thing, and I think we touched on it all year long, that Kansas is, if to get to their ceiling, Remy Martin's got to kind of fit in. They got to get him plugged in. And I looked at the minutes, the box score. I think DeWan Harris only played 18 minutes today. Yeah, I believe. he was on the bench when it mattered. And, you know, to see Remy get that kind of confidence from Coach Self is huge. But like you said, there's a couple possessions. He had that little – uh, what I would call kind of a Rondo or Kobe spin back at about 17 feet, hit a pull up, <laughs> jump shot, jump shot. I mean, he can make the plays you're talking about where it's just one on one basketball and I can go get one late shot clock because Kansas is always going to be really well spaced, but it's going to be two ball reversal, three ball reversal, and then into their action, whether it's to get a Bajia jump shot, to get him going downhill or inside to McCormick. But if they can get Remy going and then you get the performance you get from Wilson, 14 rebounds, and then double-figure scoring, you know, see, Kansas has big guards where, I mean, I I wrote down here, Wilson, Braun, and Gavaggi combined for 30 rebounds. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about that. I mean, Mm -hmm. that is high level. And then Remy had seven. I mean, Remy's numbers tonight, 27 and four. He was awesome. He was awesome. And then we get on McCormick. And he didn't have – his numbers weren't great tonight, but who made the big defensive play at the end? Yeah. Mm-hmm. David. Yeah. You know, well, after he missed – after he missed the, the – he missed know, they the go to up. him. Yeah, oh, man, they went to him. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, this is that, what you're doing? Bill, yeah. like, what are you drawing up here? Yeah, but he – you know, he's he likes going inside. You know what I mean? I if know. it's not Igbaji, it's going to be yeah. – the post is going to touch the ball. Yeah. But, <clears throat> you know, they're plus 16 on the glass. They had seven blocks. But the biggest story of the game, like Creighton, we've talked about their injuries, injuries, bench yeah. scoring, 25 to zero. Yeah, well, what, what choice? McDermott's got no players left, right? What, <laughs> what can he do? I mean, honestly, no. it's what he's done. And I'll, I'll, I'll keep it quick on this. But what Greg McDermott has done this year is national coach of the year worthy. If you add in in the postseason, right? Nemhard, you lost him a couple of weeks ago. Now you lose Culperin. You play this Kansas team down to the wire. Amazing job! I can't wait to see this team next year. Yeah, they're going to be they're going to be for me probably. If, assuming they get everyone back, because you don't know like that that right. could all change right. in a heartbeat. But uh, <laughs> they're I mean I, honestly like I'm not I'm not exaggerating when I say I might have them uh, top ten in the country. Oh, you should have been top ten. That's not that's that's not a yeah. question at all. You absolutely yeah. should have been top ten. Top ten, maybe top five. I think I said this earlier today. I think that they're probably going to be the favorite in the Big East, depending on what happens in the portal, depending on right. uh, yeah. whether or not Colin Gillespie finds a way to get his ninth year of eligibility year. and comes yeah. back to school. He's going to come back as Colin Gillespie, and we're going to be like, oh, who's this guy over here? Or they're just going to find a way to get him in, in Chris Archie Diakono's jersey, and no one's going to realize because they're the exact same person. <laughs> all right, all right, <laughs> all right. Listen, uh, we when we come back here, I'm going to make sure that I have Jeff Goodman next. Friar France, you want to listen? Oh, Jeff man. Goodman. Jeff Goodman is going to have to apologize for starting the entire Providence is lucky trend. They're lucky. <laughs> You're clear. All right, Dagan, what do we got in the chat? Yeah, I, knew, I mean, I know we're coming back with Providence, um, but our, our buddy Ken Prom is a fraud in the chat. Want to know your thoughts on Providence, <laughs> Providence Kansas, um, in the Sweet Sixteen? Well, uh, we'll we'll get to that. I think we're going to talk about that a little bit in the afters. Um, and we do have to. Should we do the the trivia question in the afters? Yeah, yeah, we'll do it in the afters. All right, so everyone's staying here. If you're in the chat now, if you're listening right now, make sure you come back uh, after twelve fifty eight, about twelve fifty nine. 
one o'clock in the morning Eastern time. We're going to be giving away those two tickets. We have a trivia question. First person to answer it in the chat is going to be the one that wins those tickets. So that's the way that we're going to do it to make to make sure that the person that gets it and wins it is actually here tonight. Uh, Evan Hayes, here's a question. Wants to know when is Greg McDermott getting his lifetime contract? <laughs> he needs. Listen, he, he's down at two years on his current contract. How about that? Uh, what a joke the, that is. I'm I, look. Yeah, but if we're he's lucky that he has a contract right now. I don't know about that. Listen, I mean, he misspoke. I mean, come no, on. I, I don't, we don't, we don't need to relive it, but yeah, like, I, I, I disagree with that. I did. I've known Greg McDermott a long time. I, I, I'll go to I don't, for him and his character. I, I know. I know that you will. Was that something that could have got him fired? Could have. Exactly. That's climate. all. That, could that have is all. Could. That's, that's all I'm saying. 15. That's all. That's all I'm saying is that it could have happened. So, um, all right, well, uh, no more questions. We'll be back in 10. Five seconds. Where you go? We're back. It is the field of 68 after dark. We are live. Sirius XM channel 84, the ESPNU station. We're live on YouTube. If you're watching over there, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, jump in the chat, ask us a question. We're going to be answering them in the afters coming up in eight minutes on YouTube. Rob Doster here, Jeff Goodman. Steve Prohm, and it is time, Jeffrey. It is time. Providence beat Richmond by, I don't have the score in front of me, uh, but I believe that the last time I turned it on, it was 135 to 17. Uh, It was a little bit of a blowout. Providence is in the Sweet 16. The first time in 25 years they've been to the Sweet 16, and only their second Sweet 16 since a young man by the name of Rick Pitino took them to the Final Four in 19. 87. Are you ready to admit that you were wrong or are you going to be savvy and say they were lucky because they faced a 12 seed in the second round of the NCAA tournament? <laughs> Boy, I don't know what I do here. I- I'm going to double down. I'm going to double down and say, I of was course right. you are. I was right when I said they were lucky earlier this season. And I've told Jared Bynum this. I've told all their players this. When I said they were lucky, they were lucky. They, they, they were. I mean, they got Johnny Davis. Uh, they got Wisconsin without Johnny Davis. They got UConn without Sonogo. They got Seton Hall coming off a, a two-week break. At that time, they were fortunate. Now they have proven that they're a really good team. And I think part of that group, their confidence grew with some of those wins, obviously, to where they knew they could win close games. They're all chip-in-the-shoulder guys. Cooley's a chip-in-the-shoulder guy, and he plays into this in every pre- – I told them today, I said, if, if you're playing IUPUI, you would still try to convince us and your players <laughs> that you're the underdog here, that you have no chance to win against IUPUI. So, um, listen, tip my cap to Providence. Their fans are crazy. They all yell and scream at me. And, and, and you know, I got one guy heckling me the whole game about it. Good, man. Are we still lucky? Are we still lucky? And I'm like, dude, enough. Like, yes, you're, you're a good team. Are you a great team? I don't know. You got a little bit. Can I, can, I, can I tell a story about that real quick? At the Big East tournament, when we were walking into our seats, when we first walked in, first game on Thursday, it was Providence against, I don't remember who, it might have been DePaul, maybe. No, it was Providence against Butler. We're walking to our seats. It's me, Goodman, John Fanta, some Providence fan from five rows behind us screams, Fanta, we love you, Fanta, Fanta. They start chanting Fanta. And then you walk up the steps right behind them. And, and as soon as they're done chanting Fanta, like, Goodman, 
fuck off. <laughs> oh man. Was, Fana, was- and by the way, if I knock on my door on my wall right now, fan is next door in the next room. I didn't know this. Okay. I went to Pittsburgh, came back. And I heard as I'm coming in my, my room today. I, I, I do not. I do not stop. I do not <laughs> want to know what you're I hear. I hear I Fana, do, I, his I, I, booming I, I voice. Oh, hey, Fana, you awake? Let's see if Fana's awake. <laughs> I would think he's drinking. I don't know. I, but but anyway, you, you could hear Fana was doing some radio interview and he only knows one <laughs> volume for, for his voice. It was so loud. So I'm, I'm afraid he's going to do a radio interview and like, West Coast in like two hours when I'm trying to sleep, and all of a sudden you're gonna hear, you know, the Friars. Like he'll just go crazy. <laughs> that is very much Fanta. Uh, Pearl, let me ask you about UCLA. They were down early to St. Mary's. Um, St. Mary's looked awesome against Indiana, and then they ran into UCLA. And despite the fact that Jaime Hawkins went down with an ankle injury, the Bruins were a buzzsaw once again. They won by 16. Can they get back to the Final Four? Where do you stand on this team right now? I like them right now. I think Mick's got them playing as good as they played all year. I think they closed the season strong. Obviously, they got to the Pac-12 championship game, lost to Arizona. But, I mean, all five starters tonight, uh, you know, really, really played well. And I think they're riding a lot of momentum right now. I'm excited to see that Carolina-UCLA game. Um, but I like UCLA to beat them, though. Um, you know, they're, they're playing be well. Tough. That'll be tough. I don't know if they will. Yeah. I kind of like, like UNC in that spot. You know, that'll be a that'll be a hell of a game. And and obviously they got to you said has got to travel all the way to Philly, you know. And so, you know, I'm sure they're they're getting home and getting ready to get out of there right away, I would think. So they can get, you know, the time changed underneath them. Goodman, uh, you got about two minutes here. Sean yeah. Miller uh, took the Xavier job today. Um, he uh, we, we have decided that since he was so mean to Archie Miller, over the course of the last couple of weeks, we have uh, traded his rights to Xavier for cash considerations. Um, so he will he will he will not be a part of the field of 68 moving forward. I guess that he's a he's Xavier's problem now. But in all seriousness, he's got the job. He's back. Where, where, where do you stand on this hire? You got about two minutes before a hard out. I mean, a, a hell of a hire. I mean, for Xavier to get him, the only reason they're able to get him is obviously because of the stuff that's kind of hanging over his head. Uh, with the NCAA investigation. Otherwise, they don't have any chance at him. Um, it came down to Xavier in South Carolina, and I think he made the right move here because you take over a program that you know and an area you know, you inherit pretty good players in the Big East. You can win right away. Uh, again, I think it's an absolute win-win for Sean, uh, a win for Xavier, and a huge loss for us. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. He was fun to get to know. And, and I'll tell you this much. You know them well, you, very well. You didn't, know, the yeah, you didn't know him at all. At all. I, right. I thought I thought that they were grumpy, yeah. uh, angry <laughs> yinzers. And it yeah. turns out like they are absolutely hilarious. I mean, that and that's what I sold them on. I sold them on the fact of like, guys, nobody knows your personalities. Do this. They're not media friendly, so to speak. And, and I think people got a chance to see who the Millers were and that John would rip the crap out of Archie. That was half the, the fun of it all. Yeah. And I'm happy they're, uh, I'm happy they found a way back in. I'm glad that they landed in the spot and uh, you know, they helped us 
grow this thing. So I'm very thankful for them. I'm very thankful for Steve Prome, who is uh, who is up late in a Nashville hotel room with uh, two kids next door or four kids uh, in the room next door. <laughs> Probably making less noise than John Fanta is next door to Jeff Gooden. But listen, it was a wild, wild Saturday in the NCAA tournament. We have another one coming up in a short 12 hours. So get some sleep. For Steve Prohm, for Jeff Goodman, for producer Dagan Hughes, for producer Stephen Kono, my name is Rob Doster. And you're clear. All right, we are in the afters. Dagan, you hold tell it. me when you want me yeah, to, hold to on. do the... Uh... You two, everybody go retweet the tweet I just sent out so we can get the people in here so they all have, everybody has a chance to, right. to win. So we'll give it, give, it a, right. give it a couple minutes. Though. All right, so... Um, while while we wait for that, ask me a couple more questions. Okay, let's go. Let's go find a couple. Um, did you talk Providence, Kansas? Because you said you were going to talk about it. I didn't, All right, yeah. Give, I me, didn't give, me a pre- <laughs> give me a preview of that, guys. We'll do that first. And then as soon as we get back from this uh, this talk, I'll ask a trivia question. Go ahead. Providence, Kansas. Goodman, Goodman has tuned this out, so problem, I'm going to you right now. <laughs> I'm tweeting it. Um. Man, I tell you what, that's going to be a great game. I mean, because the thing, you know, Providence, they've got great toughness, you know, and Cooley's got them, you know, they, they've got grit, they got toughness, and that's – you got – if you're going to have an opportunity to beat Kansas, you better have some grit and some toughness to you. But um, I think it's going to be a terrific game, but I like Kansas. I think I think they're playing really well, and I, I like Kansas to move on in that game. I just think that that two, three, and four, the Wilson, Braun, Abaji. Yeah. Those guys, man, there's not many buddy combination when you look at those three guys. I think they all three can play in the NBA at some point. You know, uh, Wilson's a guy I think should come back another year. You know, Braun, you know, maybe as well. Like Bajia, obviously going to be a draft pick this year. And then Remy Martin's playing well. So I like I like uh, Kansas, but Providence has had a phenomenal, phenomenal year. Cool, so I kind of told I, me, Cooley told me after the game, he said this is, this might be the best game we've ever played. I've ever seen a team play at Providence. I mean, think about it. They came out of the shoots. Nate Nate Watson looked like he, like, I don't even know what he – the first shot he hit was one of the ugliest shots I've ever – I mean, he took a 15-footer. You never see Nate Watson take a 15-footer anyway, um, and, and he makes it. And, and it set the tone. They made every shot. They were great defensively. They played almost a flawless game, and, and that's all Cooley kept saying to me. Like how I think how amazed he was that they played this game on this stage to get to the final four. Like you, I think one of you mentioned the last time that they went to, uh, they got this far, uh, was 1997 when they lost to that. Oh, that was, that was me that mentioned it. You don't think I'm going to mention how the, the fact that, uh, Providence has not really been a historically great program. You think I'm just going to let that slide by the wayside and forget to mention something like that? I got all the stats. I got all they, of they, them. They lost that year. How about this? My wife and I are at a sports bar uh, in Boston that year. And it was like the last time I could be a fan, really, a couple of years before. And then I got into business full time. But uh, they win. And and this shows how old this is. Dustin, what year were you were you born? I was born in 1985, quite literally during Villanova's Vill- during Villanova's upset of Georgetown. I was born while that game was right, happening. So you, were and the re- so you were 12 at that time when 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 Providence lost to Arizona. So, Steve, what we did, my wife and I are at this. It's called the Sports Depot right in Boston. We ran over to the payphone. 
because that's what you did back then, right? Ran over to the payphone and we started booking flights and hotels in Indy because that's where the final four was. And we drove out, picked up a buddy of mine on the way in Jersey and, uh, and saw Arizona win the whole thing uh, after they beat Austin Crozier and, and, uh, you know, I was at that regional final, Rhea semifinal in Birmingham. It was in Birmingham. It was at the Birmingham yeah, Jefferson Civic right. Center. Yeah. And so yeah. uh, I was a school, you know, I was a student in Alabama. Really? And uh, one of the players, you know, uh, he had left. His agent had good tickets, man. I'm sitting right behind Roy Williams' bench. I'm sitting right behind Jock Vaughn, Rafe LaFrance, yeah. Paul Pierce. And I'm like, Kansas, Arizona beats Kansas. You got Providence and Chattanooga is a hell of a regional semi. All right, Dagan, are you ready for this trivia question? Yep, let's do it. You go ahead. You can go ahead and ask it. But say you know it better than I do. Yep. All right. Yeah, I was I was going to ask. I haven't written down. Goodman, I, I if I don't want you to answer this, I want you to text me if you know the answer. Pro Mario knows the answer to this. Right, so, yeah. If if Baylor had come back and won today, it would have tied the biggest comeback in NCAA tournament history. That record was set by BYU who came from 25 points down to beat Iona in the first four in 2012. I want to know not only the team that set the record for the biggest comeback before BYU, uh, and I want to know, know who the team was, who they beat, when they beat them, and who the leading scorer of that team was. It, it, you should, If you know this, you know this. <laughs> no, I don't know this. I have no idea. All right, chat. No. First person to get it gets the tickets. <laughs> yeah, first first person in the chat to get it. The t- technically the answer to the question is the name of the leading scorer in that game for the team that made the comeback. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. It was not Illinois Arizona in 2005. Right. That's a good guess though. Great, that's a good guess. Great game though. That's, that a, a, that's a great guess. Michigan great UCLA. <laughs> she's doster asking for blood type next <laughs> oh 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 hold on we got somebody oh we got it oh i i mean i see it? what the hell is it is, is what i want to know uh should we give we're, it to you I we're think, close I think, we're close i think we got i think we got to give it to what what they Jamito. say i think we got to give it to your boy jamito what do you say it? He was the first one to get the. He was the first one to get the game. Hey, well, the, fir- well, it, it, it the first one refresh. <laughs> the uh, yeah, the first one to get the player right there, Shane Battier. Oh, Shane really? Battier was the leading really? scorer. Yep, twenty five points. Who'd they beat? Maryland. Doster said it was. Yeah, it Maryland. was when uh, Duke came back from twenty two points down uh, in the oh, final four Maryland. to beat Maryland. Um, there you go. You caught it at the right time because apparently Jay Williams said it the other day. So, yeah, that's right. He, <laughs> oh, I've talked to him about that? it. I've, yeah, I've actually talked to we, We've talked about it. I should have remembered that. Yeah, your boy Jamito was all over that. I think he said it like five different times before I spotted it in the chat. So, credit credit Good to job, you, my man. Jimito. Credit Make to tickets. you, my man. How, how can he get his tickets, Rob? <laughs> um, you it's, shoot. Email, email you me. Can go by uh, Rob's house. I'll give you his address, <laughs> and you can go by his house and pick him up in Philly. Um, he'll, he'll cook you dinner too. I tra- is there a way to? Is there a way to DM? <laughs> on, is there is there is there a way to DM on YouTube? I just need get, I need an email address for your boy Jamito. That's what I need. 
Just tell him to DM one I'm of sure us. I'm sure he's listening. Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. DM yeah. the field of sixty-eight. If you have a Twitter, yeah, DM one of us. <laughs> yeah, if, if, yeah. Do we didn't think this boys... through very well. Well, yeah, I know. We've never, we've, we've never done well, one of these before. Well, we did it. Well, we did it yesterday, and it was kind of. Yeah, it did it was not kind work of a because, mess. So because the the guy that we gave it to like Left. we never showed. Yeah, and he never showed up again. He's gone. All right, all right. We lost. All right, let's, let's move yeah. on. What do we got next? Yeah, um, ask some questions, guys. Well, that was. I'm, yeah, ask ahead. your questions again, everybody in the chat, so we can we can do this. So we, I don't have to scroll yeah. back through this through all those answers. Yeah. Yep, those questions are gone. Prom, Prom, why are you in Nashville? What are you doing in Nashville? I just got out of town with the family. Just came down here for the weekend. Oh, you did? Yeah. Really? Yeah, just to my, – my son was off school Friday, so we just – man, I just took got him out. down here. Yeah, just hang out and, you know, just relax a little bit and then head back tomorrow. Here you go. Like, I, what? I, got go ahead, some, go. I got something and that we talked about last night. So Goodman and Prom were aware of this, um, but we've had two or three people already asked us to talk talk Texas Tech. And I told you before the game – or before the show, not the game, Rob, but we would have a couple people talk, I was talk Texas Tech. Talk, I don't, I don't know what Texas we would Tech. talk about because we didn't play today. Well, <laughs> well here's, we're going to talk. We're going to talk about how excited I'll be if they make the Final Four because I'm not kidding. Like their fan base, we will we will have them packed in wherever. Where are we doing? Do we have we made an announcement? Not yet. We're going to make an announcement soon. Where we're doing? We have. Our, our we show. have I don't even think you know the latest update on this. It came in last night. So you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you. We'll, we'll, right, we'll talk, talk about it on that. But, but yeah, we'll regardless, even if it's at our hotel room, we will invite Texas Tech fans up in our hotel room in our suite and uh, they can just hang out with us. So Texas Tech fans, if you make the final four, uh, it's party on Bourbon Street in Doster's hotel room, wherever it is, it doesn't matter. I, why? Why mine? Give it to Fan. Yeah, we gotta go. We gotta go because you know, wake you know, up, Fan. Come on, Fan. Wake up. You know, it would be very funny, funny if, he, wrong... if he wasn't there anymore. If it was, I guarantee he's there. He didn't check out. Nuts. I'm I'm very disappointed. The chat has not dropped more nuts hanging Dagens tonight because it's not uh, a what? thing. It's not a thing. Well, it's no, gonna it be. If Doster abso- keeps saying it, it will be. It's ab. It is absolutely a thing. Not a thing. This is absolutely thing. All right, we got any more questions? Let's let's get a couple more in here before yeah, we do sorry, our shoes. I'm, answer, I'm answering the, the DM. Sorry, let me go back and look. Um, 300 likes, and can we get Goodman to drink two hand grenades on Bourbon Street for the Final Four in New Orleans? Yeah, one hundred percent. What's a hand grenade? Don't, don't worry know, about I don't it. Know, just say I yes. Don't worry about it. Just say yes. Bro, I'm the biggest lightweight ever. Yeah. So the best part this, is this will put me out. Are, are they oh, called yeah. hand grenades? That's right. They are called hand grenades down what, there. That's right. What? What is it, bro? It, it, what it's is just it? a drink on Bourbon Street, man. They do it down there in New Orleans. All right, all right. Yeah. If they it, can handle it, the second one may get you. <laughs> the second one may get you. Bro, <laughs> I'm a blue moon guy. I mean, the yeah. first one's gonna get yeah. me. So, but uh, yeah, they got them all over Bourbon. All right, uh, uh, you got a deal. You got a deal. Wait, wait, we have a deal. Yes. All right, well, we just hit 300 likes, so let's see. <laughs> oh, oh, no. All right. Well, there it is. Whoever said yeah. that, we were four, we were four likes away when they said that. <laughs> so, you assholes. You, you got to learn to negotiate a little better. <laughs> I didn't look. I just didn't look. Didn't oh, man. People are fired up tonight. I'm, I'm loving oh, it. Oh, here we go. Talk about the Houston game. That's one. I've, 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 I've missed that one a couple times. The Illinois Houston I, tomorrow. I, I think Houston's going to punk them. 
They are favorites. I think Houston, I think Houston is going to punk them and win by like yeah. 12, 12 to 14. Well, I'm worried about Illinois after watching them uh, yesterday. I, I'm absolutely worried about him. Trent Frazier was awful. Curbelo is still Curbelo. He's he's great one minute and he is atrocious the next. Were, were you there? Were you at that was yeah, that was Pittsburgh, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was the only good game of the day. I haven't seen. You know, I mean, honestly, I, the first day was great here, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, listen, they didn't get Plumber looks until the second half. They can't play any worse than they did, but I'm with you. Like Houston looked way better in person. It's an, it's an awful, better. it's an awful matchup for them because Houston is kind of like Texas Tech, where they have right, 19 right. guys that are all the same side yeah. and they're they're tough and they're physical and yeah. there's very much like a it's next man up. Like, you know, we we talked so much about how they're losing Marcus Sasser and they lost. I'm blinking on the other kid's name. Um Tremont Mark. Have, Tremont Mark. Tremont, Tremont Mark. And then like Tajay Moore comes out of nowhere and like, okay, this dude is an absolute stud. And yeah. Jamal Sheed is like he that that kid can play. Kelvin, Kelvin's unbelievable. Kelvin's yeah. unbelievable. Like I, you know, I, I kind of poo-pooed anybody who said like coach of the year just because of the AAC, but ultimately what he's done and, and watching him the other night against UAB, not that UAB is great, but again, a win is a win in the NCAA tournament. We just saw Kentucky yeah. lose to St. Peter's. So anything's yeah, possible. I want to ask you this, Prom. I want to ask you this. The uh, Kelvin Sampson, Mark Adams, Chris Beard, like when he built up Texas Tech, like uh, I think Scott Drew kind of falls into this category. I think Jay Wright falls into this category. They are so good at, at identifying a person that is going to fit into their culture, right? Like how much – how much of what they recruit is like recruiting personality as opposed to just recruiting basketball, the basketball yeah, I, part. Of I, it. I think when we interviewed Kelvin, he hit it on the head. I think that's the biggest key. Um, you know, he talked about, Hey, I, I don't, I'm not just going to go hire, you know, number a hotshot recruiting assistant, man. I got Hollis Bryce. I got Squantus White. I got my son. I got people that are invested in me, know me and know what fits Houston basketball and fits Kelvin Sampson. And I think that's the biggest thing yeah. in the key in all those programs. Do, does it resonate and fit your head coach, their personality, their style of play, and how they want things? And you see yeah. that with the with with Houston. You see that with Villanova. And you see that, obviously, the way Baylor's trending the last several years. Uh, I mean, shoot, three three straight times, number one seeds if we have the COVID tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, obviously, you know, Texas – you know, you got to look at Beard from Texas Tech personality, not from just right. Texas. I mean, he just got there. Um, and then, obviously, Mark Adams able to just continue on there. So, um, I mean, they have, a you know, McCuller, Terrence Shannon. Those are different. Those are guys that that's, you know, yeah. they have a chip on their shoulder. Cult- culture, man. We, we, yeah. we, we can't say it. On, it's a buzzword, and I'm sure that people in the chat are tired of hearing us say culture, 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 culture over and over again. But, like, even look at Memphis. As soon as Memphis really got that buy-in, that's when they went from being a team that was a massive disappointment to being a team that that came within like two possessions of beating Gonzaga. They kicked Gonzaga's ass for twenty minutes. How often does does someone kick yeah. Gonzaga's ass? Yeah, I was surprised that obviously UAB had a great year, but there's a lot of people, and even we were talking the other night when I was on. You know, they thought UAB. It's like, man, it's just hard for me to pick against Houston and Kelvin Sampson in that first round game. It's just you know, because they're going, they're going to hit you for forty minutes, and and they they're just used to winning now, man. And it just breeds more winning. And um, 
And, and a lot of those people is the biggest question is when you lose guys are the next group of guys you have ready to step up and play. And you see that in those mm-hmm. programs. That uh, next man up, like it's next man up. It's a make or miss game. Like all of these cliches in sports that I fucking hate. They're just so true. Yeah. They're like, there's a reason they're cliches. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then, right. and then you look at their identity, their identity is going to be on the defensive end. And then, you know, they're not, I mean, you look at Texas, Texas tech, Villanova, you know, Baylor's been able to really score the last year or two. Hey, um, Will Schroeder said Matt Painter has set a culture. And that, yep, 100%. Matt Painter. Yeah, right? no question. Yep. And and I think you look at, remember, we talked about Matt Painter when he interviewed. What did he say? He finished mm-hmm. last in the Big Ten twice. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, right. but every coach goes through it at certain schools where you're going to be, you could be really good. You're going to hit a low, you know, and then you got to make your adjustments, you know, and, um, you know, obviously Matt and, and Jay is able to do it at a high, high level. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think right. there's certain guys going to play for Purdue. I mean, you know, right. they had seven guys come back, you know, <laughs> averaging double yeah. figure. Like, come on, man. That's, that's, that's Trevi Trev- Trev- Williams went from being a potential All American to coming off the bench and, th- and was the biggest cheerleader for the guy that took his job. And you have that tells you distraction at all. That tells you right. everything you need to right. know about that program that they built. Yeah. Prom, you want to know how I know that Goodman is ready for the show to end? He just tweeted out. We're doing three cheers right now. <laughs> that, 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 that I'm is, ready. He did call me. I thought ready you were going to say something about the piece. I thought you were minutes. queuing us for that peace of mind commercial. <laughs> uh, but but I don't say it. Don't say it. They haven't paid us yet. Yeah, 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 read, I, I knew we were no, done with that. If that he read that, I'd be out. I just yeah. I, I shut my laptop. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. All right, go ahead and do your three cheers. That, can I just say that is the most passive aggressive shit I've ever seen in my entire life. I fucking, and, I, and I love it. And I love it. Goodman. All right. Um, can I do, can I do three cheers first? Cause I got, go I, yeah. I, I know you guys are or just leave me St. Peter's leave me St. Peter's. I'll wrap it up with St. Peter's. Go ahead, gotta, Steve. Steve, you can go first. Uh, three cheers to Hubert Davis. I just, you know, just in the coaching profession, man, the highs are high and the lows are low. And, and the head coach position can be lonely at times. And he's the head coach of North Carolina. And the expectations are elite, like no other program in the country. And he's weathered every bit of criticism this year. And everything that the people criticize him about this year, yeah. the last two, three weeks, his team has answered the bell and been the total opposite. And so three cheers to Hubert, North Carolina. Oh, and they're going to have a chance. That's going to be a hell of a game against UCLA. Yep. Cheers. Cheers, cheers, cheers. That's a good one. All right, my three cheers. Again, Sean Miller and Archie Miller, we're, we're losing them both. Uh, I appreciate them both coming on, you know, when we started this thing this year, uh, and you as well, Steve. But, you know, these guys were not, the, again, the most media friendly. Uh, they didn't love it. They're ball coaches. And what they did, I think, you know, again, hopefully it helped them. But their ball it, it coaches, but prom, their ball coaches, prom is a media kiss ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's probably my problem. I, I'm too, nobody knows. Exactly. No. <laughs> I think all three of you guys, I mean, again, listen, that, you know, it's part of the reason probably why ESPN didn't come after any of the three of you is because you're not, you're not guys that are out there self-promoting, right? You're not, that's not your nature. And, and uh, you know, I appreciate uh, what all of you have done for us. Uh, this season, and I'm glad to see both of them uh, got jobs in the last couple of days. And all of Arch, Arch will be about an hour and a half, two hours away from me in, in Rhode Island. So we'll be meeting in Newport at some point. I'll buy him a good meal on the water, and 
No, no, he's 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 buying us a good meal. I yeah, know the deal he fun. just I know the deal he just got. He's buying he's buying I'll, he's buying he's us a good meal. Paid. And he's and still I'm, getting paid in Indiana. He's still getting paid. He's double dipping yeah, here. Yeah, and I'm and I'm coming too. Uh, it's it, the one thing that is unfortunate is I got I got to hate Sean Miller now. He's the fucking enemy. <laughs> he's a savior. He's a he's a conference rival. All I got to say is he better never lose to UConn because I'm just gonna wear him you out. You should sit. You should sit behind when they come to to, to Gamble or Hart. You should get a seat right behind the bench. I'll do it with you, and we'll start. Yeah. Sean, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> you suck. Oh, look, there's Mark Schleybach right over there. <laughs> oh, that was bad. That was not good. You can't All do right. that. You can't do I, that. I, I, won't, I won't do that. <laughs> All right, so. You need sleep. I need sleep. I, you have no idea how badly I need sleep. Right. I felt I fell asleep watching uh, the, the when when. Uh, when Richmond Providence was on the game before it went to <laughs> halftime, I'm sitting here watching Richmond Providence and I woke back up and the other game was in the middle of the second half. I'm like, what happened? Oh, I guess I was tired. <laughs> All right. Fin- finish your St. Peter so I can set my alarm pack. I got to pack okay. and get out of here early. Okay. This is from, uh, this this is from Adam Silverstein, who were, he's the managing yeah. editor for CBS Sports. I think he's probably Matt Norlander's boss. I know. Uh, Adam. I worked with him. Yeah, Adam, I'm sorry you have to deal with Matt. I know that he's a pain in the ass. Um, St. Peter's is the first team from New Jersey in the Sweet 16 since 2000. The team that made the Sweet 16 from the state of New Jersey in 2000 was Seton Hall. The starting point guard on that Seton Hall team in 1999-2000 was St. Peter's head coach Shaheen Holloway. And you know who the guy who, if the T leaves a line, could end up being? The next head coach is Seton Hall off of this run to the Sweet 16, yeah. Shaheen Holloway. That is some full full circle shit right there. That is awesome. That that makes me that makes me happy. I'm glad he seems like a great guy. A great I, have to toast, I have to toast my nephew's bracket. He just sent it to me. Max's bracket is in the 99.7 percentile in the ESPN challenge. How about that? That's insane. Wow. He probably cheated. I mean, my well, guess yeah. is he found a way. To cheat or do something, because you know, Max, that's that's what you are. Yeah, yeah. He uh, you're a cheater. He had a fucked up. The, the truth is, he had a fucked up bracket because the, this bracket is fucked up right now. So he, like, <laughs> you're, pretty much, pretty your, your nephew, your nephew was probably blackout drunk when he filled that thing out. That's all. Well, that's what it comes out. Blackout drunk. I think he's blackout drunk right now, and he probably didn't send me the real bracket. Yeah, there you go. All right, listen, guys, we uh, we got to get out of here. Um, Goodman's got to go pack. Prom's got to go to sleep because he's going to have 17 different Prom children waking him up uh, in probably <laughs> the next six hours. So uh, to Hubert Davis, to the Miller brothers, to St. Peter's, to our producer, Nuts, Hangin', Dagan, Hughes. My name is Rob Dawson for Steve Prom for Jeff Goodman. This has been the Field of 68 After Dark. <laughs>